Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kurt Kinsey, and I am once again solo tonight. Um, for those of you who may be wondering, Josh has been out for the past couple episodes, uh, and he has been under the weather. Um, not COVID-related, but um, serious enough to keep him out of, uh, keep him away from the games and uh, and from the show. So, Josh, we all wish you a speedy return. Please, everybody, show him some love. Uh, on social. Um, I think he's going to be back after the next match, um, which I believe is this weekend. But um, I'm looking forward to having a co-host again because sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy talking to myself. Um, So it really helps when everybody tweets at the show after the matches and everything or engages with us during the match um, because it gives me me some talking points to, to look at. And, uh, and some notes to follow. And I really appreciate all the engagement. So tonight I'm going to be recapping the match against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, LAFC, I'm sure you all know, won 6-0, which is a really impressive result. Scored five goals within 32 minutes. Set the record for the fastest five goals in MLS history, uh, which is just set by the Sounders two weeks ago against San Jose. Um a lot of positive things, obviously, in a, in a match like this. We saw uh, Atuesta come back and get the start. is probably the biggest storyline, I, I, I'd say, uh, followed by Brian, uh, kind of like a Brian Rodriguez coming out party. Um, and a few other positive things. I, I think seeing Latif Blessing go 90 minutes in the midfield. Jose Cifuentes went 90 minutes. Um, and overall, the team looked looked good looked good start to finish and i mean great at the beginning especially as they were just racking up goals uh really can't complain much about a result like this so and i'm i'm i won't either there are there are some things that you can quibble over like is it should bob have brought in some some younger subs possibly um but i think there's some charitable explanations as to why he wouldn't have have done that so uh, without any further ado, we'll just kind of get right into this match. It started off really quick with um, Atuesta playing in a forward ball for, yeah, I think it may have been cheeky, and there's either a cross or a shot deflected, I think, out for a corner. And Dejan Yankovic gets on the end of a, of a Brian Rodriguez cross off the corner, and it's in the back of the net. Um, it's good to see Dayon get a goal. I feel like he's defended admirably for us and performed really well. It's his first goal since 2012, if you can believe it. Um, Brian Rodriguez gets another assist. He's the, he's the assist leader for the team. I, I'm kind of curious to see where he falls out in the league. I would imagine there's a couple, a couple players, maybe Lodero, Nico Lodero from Seattle. that has got to have a handful of assists. Um, but he's got to be top five, I would imagine, given the amount of goals that LAFC has scored and the fact that he's the the assistant leader on the team. Uh, not too long after that, we see off of another corner that's played short, this time from Rodriguez to Rossi. Rossi sends in a cross, which is deflected and then uh, headed away again. And Bradley Wright Phillips just being an absolute monster has this kind of uh, 
swinging shot, not necessarily overhead, um, but he kind of swings 180 degrees with his leg and is able to put it put it right inside the the near post. A great finish, and LAFC are off and running. Um, and wouldn't you know it? Before too long, again, it's BWP in the box, and there's another. I think it's another deflected cross that pops up in the air and uh it's not a scissor kick it's an overhead kick he doesn't leave the ground for it um i'm not really sure i'd probably just say it was an overhead kick where he's kind of falling backwards it's reminiscent of the carlos vela goal from last year i think it was the i think it was his uh record setting goal actually uh where again he's not leaving his feet but it is an over overhead kick in the back of the net uh three nil the next goal ends up being an own goal. It looks like it's going to be, um, it looks like it's going to be the third for BWP, and I mean it's only like the thirteenth minute at this point. But Brian Rodriguez does well to beat his man and plays in a dangerous ball, and uh, Vancouver center back puts it in the back of the net. And then the last one was a fun goal to watch. It's a ball from Mark Anthony K, very reminiscent of the goal that Rossi scored uh, just about a week and a half ago from Brian Rodriguez, the one we talked about on the show, where Brian Rodriguez comes across the field uh, into like the central area uh, as if he were a number 10 and plays this kind of uh, inside-out ball behind the center backs for Rossi to finish. K plays a very, very similar pass. It's a great pass from K, and Rossi comes in on his right foot and goes far post with it. And uh, again, the fastest five goals scored in MLS history. And it kind of felt like LAFC were back, back to their old ways of jumping out ahead early and just never letting up. There were several more chances after that, especially in the first half, um, the team was moving the ball incredibly well. A couple times, Vancouver were able to get out on the break, um, typically playing the ball in behind, behind the fullbacks. We know that that's always going to be a problem for LAFC because of the way that we both attack and defend. Um, they are looking to make the field as small as possible in the opponent's half. So, opponents are going to look to hit balls in behind the fullbacks in order to split the center backs and force people to recover. Um, but they were able to deal with it all night. Obviously they came away with a clean sheet. Latif blessing. Uh, like I said earlier, got the full 90 minutes looked, looked good. I thought, I thought that was one of his better games at right back. He looked, I thought he looked fair defending um, positioning still wasn't perfect. I think he still gets caught out a little bit, um, at the fullback position. And luckily Yakovich is, is sound enough to get back. And, you know, eventually they double team the players and they're able to tackle the ball away. I thought that's one thing that they did really well defending tonight is one player delaying and the other, and the other player actually making the tackle and taking the ball. Um, it seems like that happened multiple, multiple times tonight. Um, let's see what else here. Brian Rodriguez, I feel like he came into this match determined I'm not going to shoot the ball. Uh, maybe he's in his own head a little bit, 
Uh, we've talked about this as well, where he he gets in front of goal and overthinks his shot instead of just feeling like a natural finisher. And tonight it felt like, you know what? I don't need to score the goals. I'm just going to do what I'm good at, which is play dangerous balls for my teammates. And he did that all night. Only gets the one assist from the from the first goal to to Yakovic, but also ends up with two. I mean, essentially assists on on both own goals. Both own goals were created by him getting across behind the back line of Vancouver, and uh, in both cases, it, they were great crosses. You know, it's a. Uh, it just so happens that. Vancouver defenders are right there on top of BWP the first time and Musovski the second. Um, I felt like he was much more decisive in either I'm going to I'm going to get to the end line or I'm going to cut this inside. You saw him, especially towards the end of the game, start. I feel like he really grew into the position a little bit more, and you saw him cutting into the left more frequently and taking shots. Um, Brian Rodriguez is just all over the place today and looked fantastic doing everything. And a lot of us, I would imagine, are thinking, man, he puts it together and it happens to be the week that the rumors to, you know, of, of Rodriguez to Torino FC are, are heating up. Why couldn't this have come a little bit earlier? Josh and I have talked about this a lot. Vince talked about it when he was on the show a few weeks ago. All that stuff has been there for him. Um, all that raw talent that we've seen and that we've seen it in flashes and it was all on display tonight. This is what he was always capable of and I feel like it just took him a little while to put it all together and to make the decision, you know what, I don't have to score every goal. I can set people up to the point where there are a couple times where it's like, man, he really should just shoot the ball. Um think it may have been the pass that he makes to K at the spot where K looks like he gets kicked in the pro and he and afterwards he goes to the ref and is asking for a VAR decision to me it did look like a penalty it's kind of a soft penalty because K stays up and eventually gets a shot off but it's clear that he's affected by uh, you know he draws back to kick to shoot the ball and is kicked and then the shot is very poor after he gets kicked. Um, but I felt like that ball, I think it's that one. I felt like that one, Brian had beaten his man and was one-on-one with the keeper and probably could have finished it if he wanted to. Um, I might be thinking of, I might be thinking of a different play though, but either way, the point stands. There were, there were several opportunities where I thought, Oh, he's in behind the defense one-on-one with the keeper. He's going to shoot. And it looks like a great opportunity for him, but instead he's he's facilitating, uh, which is what he is clearly best at. And it was a great game. Um, mentioned it earlier, Atuesta's back, and the quality of passing from that deep role in the midfield, from the sixth spot, when Atuesta is back there, as opposed to Kay or Janela uh, even, even though we talk a lot about Janela's quality passing, the the 
understanding of that Atuesta has right now is just so far superior to what Chinella has. And the quality of his passing is so far superior to what K can do that it's just really uh, irreplaceable for LAFC. And you see him as soon as he gets as soon as he gets on the ball, he's able to pick up his head and find somebody. And that's kind of a misnomer. As soon as he gets the ball, he knows where it's going, and uh, he'll take one touch, and then the next touch is breaking lines right to the feet of a forward or uh, or one of the attacking mids. He's just so he's fantastic. He is great to watch. Um, I have to imagine that if LAFC move forward with selling him. Uh, it's going to be a large, large price tag. And it won't surprise me to see anything in the range of 15 to 20 million. And to be quite frank with everybody, it won't surprise me to see the price tag be even more given what he means to this team and the kind of player that they're going to have to bring in to, to truly replace him. Um, other positives from tonight, Jose Cifuentes is playing. He, I think, uh, let's see, Janela came in for K, and then Duke came in for Atuesta. So Cifuentes played the entire 90 minutes. I don't think we had seen that yet. And what is there not to love about him? I've said it before, and I will repeat it again. Jose Cifuentes is what everybody wants Latif Blessing to be. Uh, Latif Blessing is fantastic in the press. He's an excellent one-on-one defender, especially in the midfield. Um, and he's good He's good on the ball. He can beat defenders. But Cifuentes is a better tackler. He is a better passer. He is uh, better shooting the ball, even if most of Cifuentes' looks come from outside the box and they're kind of haphazard. Um, he brings so many different uh, qualities that Latif doesn't, um, that as long as Cifuentes has the effort and and the understanding of the press down, I don't know how Blessing makes it back into the midfield unless it's at the expense of K because uh, that man was all over the place making tackles and winning the ball, progressing the attack, uh, and just pressuring defenders all night. He is, he is great. And he's, he's the way the, how should I say this? The amount of time he spends on the ball, trying to figure out what to do with it is significantly less than what you see from, from blessing. Um, and this is one of those things that we've talked about several times where Blessing will take too many touches and be dispossessed, and now the the opponent is, is countering you. Uh, you don't have that with Cifuentes. Cifuentes is very tidy on the ball um, and and looking to move it quickly. Uh, he's, he's just a joy to watch. Um, I'm not really sure about other storylines. I thought Dejan Jakovic had a fantastic game, even setting the goal aside. Um, the amount of tackles and recovery runs that he made were, were great. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the team of the week, given how heavily it relies on, on goal scoring from defenders, uh, and how good of a game he had defensively as well. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips with two acrobatic finishes. That's great to see. 
Diego Rossi goal, Brian Rodriguez assists, um, really just positives all around. Mark Anthony K assist and honestly played a, a good game. Um, Eddie Segura, especially once the back line shifted, I felt like he was really stepping into the into the midfield um, as Vancouver were becoming more and more desperate and playing more long balls. And I love to watch Eddie Segura go into 50-50 aerial challenges where he's not really interested in, in playing the header. He just plays the defender. Uh, and you could tell, Ka- uh, I think it's Cavallini, Lucas Cavallini, was supremely frustrated by the physical defending that he was that he was receiving at the hand of or at the feet I should say of of uh, Eddie Segura, Diego Palacios looked good. Um, Cisniega didn't have to make any saves and didn't do a whole lot of passing, <laughs> uh, as we've talked about almost ad nauseum at this point. I think I did see one or two passes where he wasn't able to. He didn't have enough time to step back and clear the ball, so he was kind of forced to pass, but. Um, Vancouver with seven shots, zero on target. So he really didn't have a whole lot to do. Um, yeah, other than that, I, I thought the subs, I, um, I thought the subs were a little bit weird given that you do have Torres and Duke and, uh, and Leone on the, on the bench. I think during the match, I, tweeted out Duenas, and that was wrong. It, it's Tony Leone that was on there, the center back. Um, I would have liked to seen time go to the kids. I understand if Bob is trying to really get Musabski some looks at, at striker, trying to make sure that he's ready to go for whatever playoff push they're planning on. Um, there's a couple different interpretations on Yakovic coming out and bringing on two left backs when you're up five nil. I think uh, the most charitable one towards not only Bob, but the organization as a, as a whole is that they're looking at a left footed center back and want to see how Eddie looks on the right hand side. Um, the, the next one would be and actually, this is uh, somebody tweeted this. I think it may have been LA sports tweets that, that sent it our way um and the the suggestion was that oh you know what sorry that's not the right handle it was uh let me see if i can find it real fast because i don't want to screw it up now that i'm actually thinking about it uh chris impressed to angel city please is the handle uh maybe he wants to give jakovic a rest since he's old and there's no other option at center back other than a 13 year old leone that, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point, too. Maybe he's just trying to rest his legs because he knows he doesn't have Blackman or, or Traore available. Um, the reason I say it's a little less charitable is not to Bob. I think that's a fine excuse for Bob, but it's more towards the club, who, uh, as many of you know, Danilo Silva retired just earlier this morning. Um, Danilo Silva of the... Whenever I think of him, I always think of the RSL playoff match where um, he scores the header on the set piece. Um, He may have even had two goals in that game now that I think about it. Um, And also gives up the bad clearance to the Demir Krylak karate kid crane kick goal um, from outside the box. Um, 
but he's somebody that came in and was a solid backup uh, for LAFC, not only at center back, but also right back. And um, LAFC at this point, I, I we uh, it's sad to see him go because he's one of those, you know, he's he's somebody that's been here, not quite from the beginning, but it kind of feels like he has been here the entire time. Um, but it is, I, I will say, it is time to to move on given his limitations. Uh, and we saw him come on for, during one match this year and just didn't have it. Had to be subbed off at like 35 minutes. Um, so it's sad to see his, his career. You would have liked to have seen him go out on a, on a better note than that. Um, trying to gut out, you know, a 35-minute start. Um, but now that, that frees up both an international spot uh, and obviously just a senior spot in general for LAFC to go sign another center back. So uh, as is suggested here, it is possible that that's, that that's it. Is There's only so many center backs available, so you want to make sure that he's rested and healthy. Um, other than that, I don't think there's really anything else to talk about. The subs played pretty well. Uh, we didn't get another, we, you know, after the second own goal created by Rodriguez that Musovsky tried to claim, uh, a handful of other chances, chances, but none of them fell obviously. So. With all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get into some listener questions. We had quite a few tonight. Thank you again for sending them in. Um, Especially on nights where I'm by myself, it helps a lot to make sure that I have enough to talk about. First one here is from Tycho BNG at Tycho Blue. There has to be at least one move John Thornton has in store right now, even if it's just depth, uh, a depth loan at center back. I hope for a bit of ambition by a high upside youngish center back and a striker. What do you guys want? Uh, obviously, you guys being me and Josh. Sorry, only I can answer tonight. Uh, Josh and I, though, have been pretty consistent about this. A center back and a striker. We feel like if you do have Nahar and he is going to be the guy, then you at least have Blackman there to to be the bridge or... Blackman can play right back indefinitely. He can definitely be a starter at that position in this league. Um, so we want to see a, a starting center back because Jakovic probably isn't the guy to do to give you 90 all the time. And uh, we have said we should sign a striker, if nothing else, to replace Dio. Doesn't necessarily have to be a DP, I don't think. I think it just needs to be... Um, it needs to be a competent striker who is better than Musovsky and fitter than Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, we've talked, he and I have both talked about somebody even in the Christian Ramirez mold, somebody of that profile where it doesn't have to be somebody that's going to break the bank. It just needs to be somebody who's going to run at defenses for 90 minutes and be able to get a, to score on a handful of these tap-ins that, we're, that we've been creating. All right, next one from Tycho BNG. When LAFC starve, they starve. When they feast, they feast. Uh, this is extremely true, uh, especially especially lately. LAFC have either been shut out 
or they have just racked up goals and wins. I think the only game that hasn't ended that way was the first Seattle match where it was three to one and uh, everything else just seems to be uh, absolute flat track one way or the other. And I think it has a lot to do with how LAFC starts. If LAFC gets behind as presently constituted, they don't have the firepower to really come back, especially if that team gets two, then it's just too much. It's too much for this team to break down uh, a bunkered opponent who was quite happy with sitting back for 65, 70 minutes and just defending as we saw with Seattle in this last match where we give up two quick penalties. And after that, there's nothing you can do um, except try desperately to break them down. And eventually they concede to Rui Diaz again towards the end of the game. Um, but when they do, when they do jump out ahead of you, they can really pour it on. And it's because those teams start chasing a little bit more and LAFC are going to break them down. So um, I hope it's something they can smooth out and and work out the kinks before the playoffs, assuming we make it. As of right now, I think we're in sixth place. So uh, the West is very, it's a very tight playoff race. But as of right now, we're in. All right, next question. Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. First minute, Atuesta receives a throw and quick turn and great ball to Cheeky, and we are off and away. A statement of intent we have not seen since the Orlando tournament. Goal from the second corner from that break. Lovely. Yeah, Atuesta back changes so much about the midfield. And it's not that we don't have other quality midfielders, because there's certainly other midfielders that have played great uh, both last year in MLS and this year for the for the young South Americans that we've brought in. But Atuesta is a, a guy that has been in the system for plenty of time, and he's an absolute star. And he is so much fun to watch and so dangerous um, with the ball at his feet. Again, last year led LAFC in assists, as far as I remember correctly, from... His, his spot as at the six, which is really quite incredible to think about. Uh, again, I want 20 million for him, um, but won't be surprised if it's either five more or five less. B-Rod in those central... Oh, sorry. Next one is from Jeffrey Bamaka at Jeff Bamaka. B-Rod in those central positions again. He was involved in almost every goal from passes in the middle. When Baylor returns, I would love to see a 4-2-3-1 with B-Rod in the middle and fluid like LAFC does it, Rossi on the left, Vela on the right, and BWP in the middle. Um, I don't I don't hate this idea. I definitely don't. And I think you've seen Rossi and, um, and Brian Rodriguez play more centrally, drop into the midfield, uh, not just switch wings, but also just come inside and hover there um, to the point where sometimes you have BWP in the middle, and you have both, you know, Rossi and Rodriguez on the left side, just kind of uh, taking up those positions ahead of the midfield. I um, the the question for me would be, who do you? So essentially, what you're doing 
is you're bringing on BWP in addition and you're taking off a midfielder, right? So who is that midfielder? I'm assuming in this formation, you have blessing it right back. And to me, it's probably Cifuentes and Atuesta that are in that double pivot role. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a really dangerous midfield. So as long as Brian Rodriguez can put in the defensive work, that's going to be needed from that 10, which is the one area that would be most concerned about him. But if he's capable of handling it, I don't hate it. Um, do I think Bob is going to do it? No, I don't. Uh, so um, I think it. I think it's too much of a shift in, in midfield responsibilities, even though the 4-2-3-1 and 4-3-3 are really quite similar. But I, I like the idea, Jeff. Uh, next one from Jeff here is, also in the second half, Blessing was making all the right runs around the box and to the end line. I haven't seen runs like that since Betashore left. A lot of our attack has uh, has come from the left, so Blessing making those runs creates more chances. Yeah, I think I think Blessing looked a lot better. I I think it really does help when when the right back is playing wide like that all the way up the pitch. I think that's something that Andy Nahar has shown a couple flashes for, and he's able to play passes in. Uh, Nahar's final pass is much better than Blessing's, but I just don't see Nahar defending very much. Um, and Blessing, even though his positioning is a little suspect, um, is a is a pretty solid defender. So um, I thought I thought he played there. I thought he played well there tonight, and I think he um, should continue to play there for as long as there's a question mark, because uh, if Blackman is truly going to be a center back, then I don't see Nahar supplanting Latif. Um, whereas I, I could see Blackman taking that, that job back if we do go out and sign a, a center back. Uh, next one is from Alistair Christie again. Duke to San Diego loyal. Um, I do think he might benefit from, from a loan just to make sure that he's getting enough minutes. He seems like a, a guy that's out there. Um, plenty of confidence on the ball. Not really sure when to press. Uh, not always in the right position, but uh, great quality on the ball. So to me, there's kind of, it's twofold. He probably needs to get used to being a professional. Um, I, think, I think there were a couple times tonight where I noticed that I'm not sure that he was ready for the level of physicality that Vancouver brought. Um, but again, you're talking about a 19 year old kid who just, you know, he just came from essentially playing youth soccer, um, if you will. Uh, and now he's out there playing against grown men. So I think in that respect, a loan to one of the USL sides would be good. The thing that I worry about though is, is it a, a good enough systematic fit or are the similarities? I have, I know nothing about San Diego loyal other than Landon Donovan is coaching them and they stole Jerry Jimenez, the pod father from us. Um, I don't know that the system is going to be all that similar. And that's what would worry me. Whereas in training, he's getting more and more time in the system in 30 minutes. You know, if he got 30 minutes tonight, it's 30 minutes playing in our system and learning that position. And then 
getting film of himself playing in that position, being able to go back and study it with Bob or whoever the coach is that works with him on that stuff. Um, so I guess that, I guess those are the two questions is where is he best going to learn the system and where is he best going to truly become a professional? And I think those are kind of at odds with each other. Next one, LA sports tweets at sports tweets, LA blessing it right back. Seems like where, uh, seems like that's where Bob wants him, but I don't think he's really a defensive player. You saw that Yakovich had to, uh, help him defend against that, uh, against that Vancouver run. Yeah. I mean, several times, I think, I think this is truly about positioning. I think one-on-one defending he's okay, um, to play back there. I think his positioning is still, I think you see him stepping to balls in the midfield, probably a little too aggressively, and then a ball being played in behind him. So what, what they're really able to do is post up a winger and really it's more like a wide midfielder or even a wing back. And they're able to post up that, that player just past the halfway line or, you know, 10, 10 yards into our, into our half and blessing will step to that player. And then, Vancouver would bring an attacking mid or a striker from central behind blessing. And all they do is they just play a ball right behind blessing down the line. And now they're in on goal. And so you you see Yakovic coming over to help defend. Um, I feel like blessing recovers better in those situations than when he gets beat in the midfield. Um, So, I, I mean, it's controversial. He's not, he's not a right back he can become a right back is what I think. And I think he's good enough to play there most of the time for now. But um, I mean, you're, you're definitely right that he's not a defensive player yet, even though we've seen him in primarily defensive roles, even as, you know, a defensive number 10 last year. All right, next one, LAFC Coachella Valley supporter. Can we control alt delete the Brian transfer? Um, I love, I love the sentiment because like I said earlier, it's a bit of a coming out party for him tonight, but, um, this is, this is why we go out and we get these young players is, is to eventually sell them. And I think with a guy like Rossi, where there's been opportunities to sell him already, uh, I think LAFC see him as just too important to what they're trying to accomplish. So they're going to hold on to him a little longer, but somebody like, like Brian Rodriguez is a little more expendable, especially with Vela coming back on the right wing. Uh, and then uh, Al Hopkins at Culver City Al has a great response here. Keep him on loan and get another DP. Let's use some Carson rules to our advantage. This is a brilliant response. It really is. Um, I don't see why they can't sell him and then keep him on loan unless Torino are really insistent that he comes. But given the way that COVID has gone and, you know, he's going to have to go to, uh, Turin. He's going to have to sit out for a while. Then he's going to have to work his way into the squad. It, it might be good just to let him stay. And then like Al says, go ahead and sign that DP now, um, and use Brian as really high quality depth on, on your team as you try and make a playoff run. And, uh, a lot of people give Carson grief over the fact that they always seem to have the, the rules very leniently applied to them. Um, this is one thing that I, that I truly do admire about them is 
they for a long time have been the ones to push the league. They're the ones responsible for the DP rule in the first place. Um, what they did with Pavone being able to squeeze him in, all those things are good for the league. Ultimately, um, I know we all like to to complain about it and say that they get preferential treatment, and that's correct. They do, um, but that's not to say that it doesn't help the league expand. And honestly, the more teams show the league, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to sign more DP caliber players. That's when I think the league is going to be forced to expand because if, if they keep bringing guys in on loan and they're having success and it's good for the league and then they go to the league and say, well, now their loan's up and we can't sign them because we can't get rid of these other DPs either. I think that's what eventually forces the hand of, the, of Don Garber um, to, to change things up and to show that, you know what, there is interest from a lot of these teams, even if FC Cincinnati isn't going to. Um, there's enough teams throughout MLS that are willing to go out and sign a lot of high-quality players to make sure that the quality of the league stays high. Um, so, Al, thank you for that response. And uh, thanks, for everybody, for reaching out. That's all I have for tonight. Uh, again, reach out to Josh. Check in on him. Make sure he's doing okay. Uh, as far as I know, it's just uh, it's it's some kind of passing thing, and he will be back soon. Uh, looking forward again to having him here with me. You can tweet at the show at counterpress underscore. You can tweet at me at Kirk Kinsey. Or in the meantime, you can hit up Josh as well at LEFC Josh. And we will talk to you after the next match. Good night.